0: Welcome to the Landscaping Podcast. My name is Joel Barnett and I am your host and in today's episode I'm talking with Nadia Cole from Platalovium Landscape Design. Nadia runs a landscape design company based in Melbourne and she's got a great story about uh, how she started in the industry and the importance of not having of not necessarily needing to rush into starting your own business once you've finished your studies. So she worked for a company for 14 years before starting Platalovium and she always had the uh, desire to work for herself as well. So it's not like it was something that just happened all of a sudden after 14 years. She was wanting to do it the whole time but just waited for the right time to do it. And and now she's kicking goals and won a silver gilt at the Melbourne Flower Garden Show this year and she's heading back again next year. So that'll be pretty cool to see what she comes up with there. Uh, She does does some native gardens with a very modern twist to them. So pretty cool designs. And she's built those gardens with a, a builder and a landscapers. And in this chat, she talks about the importance of having good relationships with not only landscape builders but also house builders as well. Where she gets a, um, some of her work from, in, and the type of work that she wants to do as well. Working for particular builders, like who do passive homes and that sort of thing, that meets the the same values that that Nadia has for her business. So, yeah, great episode this month, Nadia. So hopefully you enjoy this chat with Nadia Cole. (laughs) Nadia, thank you very much for joining us on the Landscaping Podcast. My first question for you is how did you start in the industry?
1: How did I start? I suppose I was inspired through my grandparents and my great auntie. They were both avid native gardeners. And then I did hort at Burnley with Landscape Design. And then I ended up going off on a bit of a tangent and studying, well, not tangent, but did conservation ecology through Deakin, which then got me into working with Indigenous Design, Indigenous Design, where I spent 14 years, um, but more started off in the environmental restoration side of things and environmental management, and then kind of ended back in landscape design. So I ended up having my daughter. And then going off and doing my own thing because I really just wanted to concentrate on landscape design, residential rather than sort of all of the um, ecological assessment or environmental management side of things. So that's where that's where I've ended up and that was a really valuable, amazing time. I spent, yeah, 14 years there and learned so much and got so much experience through those guys. It's been, yeah, a big part of my career.
0: Yeah, that's a long time to be at the one place.
1: It was, yeah, but sort of really varied roles, which was really cool. And I got such an amazing opportunity to grow through from being on the On Grounds crew to into a management role and working with the mines in the Latrobe Valley through to industrial, commercial and residential landscape design stuff. So, yeah, it was a really good mix. And were your parents into gardening at all or did it skip a generation? No, they they are, but probably not as passionate as my grandparents. They are now because they're retired, but their garden tends to be a little bit of a trial plot for my interests. So they get a lot of the leftover plants or bits and pieces that I want to try because they're in Warrandyte. So I think part of growing up in Warrandyte has been a huge part of my appreciation for landscape and nature.
0: So had you always had plans or did you always think you'd work yourself at some stage or when did that first audience? Yeah,
1: yep, yep, definitely. I think that's been a long, yeah, a long-time goal, but it took a long time to get the guts to go out and do that. I, I think it all worked the right timing with having kids and that sort of thing. But, yeah, it's always been a part of me, I think. I love it. I don't think I'd ever go back for working for someone now. It's great. Yeah. No, it'd yeah. be,
0: it's such, a, it's so completely different. So it'd be a really hard thing to do, like as much as you'd be a valuable asset for someone because you've got all that experience, it'd be harder for you to sort of not make decisions on some things and then, you know, Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And it's got, like, it's always wanted to, I've always wanted to have something where um, I spend a lot of time concentrating on the culture and development of the staff it's been really, really important to me, as well as, you know, obviously loving what we do, but having my own thing and really having that family of designers and not that real sort of corporate workplace or valuing those guys as part of the family has been something I've put a lot of work into, but also having you know the flexibility of running your own business.
0: And how long ago was that you start went out on your own?
1: Elizabeth. Nearly nine, and I started just, or uh, maybe when she was six months old.
0: Right. So
1: yeah, but it's been a slow growth. We sort of only really got stuck into it in the last four or five years. So yeah, that it was part time at the start, yep. but now it's yeah now it's busy and full time, which is good.
0: Yeah. Now so when did you put your first staff member on?
1: My first staff member was my brother, actually. That would have been five years ago, six years ago, and then I put another one on, and then probably in the last three years I've added the rest on. It's been a, a big growth. So we've got five five staff members now, almost six. I have to calculate that properly.
0: <laughs> in terms yeah. of full-time equivalent or do you have someone? Who's no.
1: So it's all pretty, yeah. So there's Victoria and Sarah are full-time. Then there's Lucy who works part-time. She's nearly three days a week. We've got an intern at the moment and he's in a few days a week. And then there's Karen who also works for a larger commercial landscape design company and she works for us sort of on an as-needs basis but she's got a huge amount of experience so she jumps in with us as well. So it's a good team. Yeah.
0: And it's good having that flexibility as well. So not everyone is just sort of nine to five Monday to Friday. You got different different bits. Yeah.
1: And out. and that's the thing. That's exactly what we're after. That's yeah. Trying to get some of them to have days off is almost impossible. Mm. Cause and that's why, yeah, it's just a really, really amazing team. I'm very lucky.
0: So has your brother got design training as well or what no,
1: no. <laughs> so he came from the V8 supercar industry and spent 15 years as a number one mechanic for a couple of the teams there. He came in to give me a hand. He would sort of was burnt out from some pretty full-on working hours and requirements as part of that level of motorsport. Yeah. He um, has a really good business head on his shoulders and really good systems and procedures. He's got a bit of a natural gift. I suppose he's been around our grandparents and also just around landscape design. He's he's so good at what he does in anything, but he's gone back to motorsport. I think, yeah, he'd had enough. He just needed a break, but he was really valuable to help me get the business up and going. I yeah, cool. yeah, give him full credit for that.
0: Yeah, nice. And what sort of uh, techniques were you doing to get work initially, or was it just sort of coming naturally? That and it was that worked well. Because um, worked
1: there was yeah, so we sort of worked closely with Indige Design at the start, and then it slowly like I haven't really advertised or I hadn't advertised. It just sort of naturally flowed, which was really beautiful. Uh, yeah, I don't know how we ended up where we are. It's just word of mouth, which is great. Instagram, you know, and all of that—that that side of things—is really powerful as well. But yeah, we've just sort of naturally progressed. I've always wanted to grow slow and not too quick, and I think that's been, yeah, that's been the beauty of it.
0: Yeah. And then you've uh, you've just recently been at the Melbourne International Flower and Garden Show. Was that your first time last year, or was that this it was year this year? Yeah, this year? this
1: year. I keep referring to it as last it year. Feels like it was it. like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I still, we still, I don't know, it's like redefining the year that that show. Yeah, that was the first time. And yep.
0: how, how long was the planning going into that? Like, when did you decide you were
1: going to do um, it? We started quite a while ago. Um, we'd sort of been chatting to the guys um, the year previous. There was a potential opportunity for us to jump in. And we, it was a few months out. And I said, yep why not? Let's give it a go. But then it sort of didn't come to fruition, which in hindsight, I'm really glad that it didn't after doing this one. So the design had been there for probably a good 18 months. It's something I've been thinking about for a while. I wanted to do some, or a design that showed the contemporary use of native plants in more sort of more of an organized design style. But yeah, it just, It progressed and then they said, would you like to come in this year? And, yeah, we we were very, very lucky to to jump on that train. It's been great. And how did you find the experience there? Amazing. It was really good, yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It's full on. It's like I reference it similar to giving birth to a child. It's full on, <laughs> yeah. But it was, yeah, it was great. We had an awesome team, and it was such a good experience. I, I'm sure, yeah, you know very well how yeah. enjoyable it is.
0: And you got a silver gilt medal, which is an amazing result. But then when you look at the scores, you must—I'm sure—if I'm sure like if I had got one, I would have looked at how close that is to a gold medal because there's only like a few points that you get for a silver gilt.
1: Yeah, we're only a few off a of gold.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's, that's so close.
1: <laughs> uh, and we sort of, you get a really, you know, you get that really good opportunity to sit down with the, the judges and have a chit-chat about where things could have changed. And I like, I know it and I knew it. And I, yeah, it's, it was just small things. Yeah. um, But yeah, I wasn't expecting that at all anyway. that yeah. like
0: like, I got a silver and I was ecstatic with it. And when I was talking yeah. to the judges, he was saying, oh, yeah, he, he was sort of talking to me as though I would have been. Chatted with it because yeah, so it was There was still some pretty good things. I said, Oh, I reckon it's great. It's like, yeah. I'm happy with it. I don't mind at all. Uh,
1: uh, we had like no idea what we were walking into, really. Like none. You just, yeah. And you just got to go for it. And you know, make it work. And the team was amazing, but I wasn't expecting a silver guilt at all. I I remember walking out of the breakfast and, you know, all the golds get announced and the best in show, but they sort of don't talk about what else is uh, or what everyone else gets. And I was like, oh, I wonder what we got. And you have to walk all the way down to the stand to look at the, and I remember running into one of the organisers, and they're like, "You're going to be, you're going to be really happy." And I thought, "Oh, like a bronze, you know? Like I, I had no idea." Anyway, it was a good, it was a great outcome. Yeah,
0: and it's awesome for the team as well. So for your design, like it's not just you; it's for everyone involved to have some sort of recognition for the work. That they yeah, do. yeah,
1: yeah, yep, yeah. yep. was interesting because we we wanted to show the back of a passive house, and we were sort of working through construction and exposing a whole lot of the materials. And I remember a couple of the organisers who so came around and they're like, mm, how, how's this going to work? Like this, I'm not, not quite sure this is going to sit nicely with the judges. <laughs> anyway, we sort of stuck to our guns and it was all about, you know, writing that brief to match exactly what we were trying to demonstrate. But I think how many words are there in the brief that you can provide? It's like 50? Yeah, that's good. <laughs> Which was really difficult to use 50 words to explain that we were demonstrating how a passive house or the you know a house links through to a landscape being a sustainable landscape and all the design elements is as in that landscape. So that was probably the most challenging part at you know at the eleventh hour trying to tweak all that properly and get our story right. But the good news was, is my yeah my team managed to nail that. That wasn't me. I'm not going to take credit for that one.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, it's such an important part. That like it's almost the most one of the most important parts of the of the whole garden is the brief. Yeah, and you only yeah. get fifty words to do it because there's been gardens in the past uh, where like nobody thought it would have won. Best in Show or Gold or whatever. And yeah, I'll, they speak to the judge and they said it just absolutely nailed the brief.
1: Yeah, which is would yeah. you
0: make up yourself? Which is a bit of a wild thing. It's totally it. wild. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy
0: yeah. how. And then the um, the public don't even see that part of it.
1: No, that's so true. I didn't even yeah. think about that. Yep.
0: Yeah, I was just up at Floriad uh, and they're doing some student show gardens there, and they had briefs that they created as well but they have that printed out the front as well. So then you can actually yeah. read what the garden is supposed to be about you know, yeah. as judges saw it. So I thought that was a good idea.
1: Yeah. Well, I wonder if it's even known that, you know, you've only got 50 words to write that brief, probably not no. When, no. when the public's coming to look at the the show gardens. I mean, we were sitting on on the deck, on the stand at 4.30 or 4 4.00 o'clock or 3 o'clock or whatever it was before the brief and the the description was due into the judges or due into the organizers trying to, you know, nail that, considering we kind of changed tack halfway through the back end of it. It seemed to work anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it worked. Yeah.
0: And I loved what you're like the the builders that you're working with. Is that Sanctum Homes? Is that there?
1: Yeah, yeah. Because they seem
0: to be doing some pretty cool stuff as well.
1: They're amazing. Yeah, Hamish. Um, yeah, anybody watching this, jump on board and have a have a look at Sanctum Homes. They've got so many amazing technologies. And I know he's involved in quite a few. Um, I think it's called the Builders Declare, and some amazing houses that are being built so we get some beautiful opportunities of designing landscapes around those too which is good fun yeah Yeah. Yeah. but it's such a valuable thing having a team
0: like that not just the garden show but just for jobs in general where you
1: yeah yeah yep and we've we've got lucy who's hamish's wife working with us and so she's sort of got all of that knowledge as well which is yeah it's great for our team yeah Yeah. (laughs) and then you're teaming up again
0: we're going back again next year.
1: Yep, we are.
0: Yeah, we got just, uh, an up and comer <laughs> called Angus Stewart on board as well.
1: I know, <laughs> so I know, I know. It was a funny, actually funny moment at um, on the Sunday at the garden show. So just before we were, we sort of been lucky enough to have him just walk up onto the stand and Lucy was like, August oh, is on the stand. <laughs> and I think we both ran up like teenage girls and <laughs> we're very excited to have a chit-chat to him. And he's been wonderful. He's sort of taken us under his wing and been having some wonderful conversations about plants and some new new stuff that's coming out and he's helping us with the, the sourcing and plant design and a few other bits and pieces which I won't, um, won't share at the moment. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, was
0: what was the reason behind going to the garden show initially? Like, what was your did? Were you going there to hope hopefully build your name and get more work, or just just for experience? Or
1: yeah, yeah, definitely. I think also a bit of a, a passion of mine was to um, maybe demonstrate a bit more of a native feel um, and and contribute that to the show. I've always felt that maybe it's been a little bit underrepresented so I wanted to bring that component of what we do there. Yeah, it's something I've always wanted to do as an experience. I was, yeah, to get that, I didn't ever expect that we would be able to have that opportunity at all, and it came around really nicely. So I think, yeah, obviously to build work and help us grow, but also I wanted to, you know, demonstrate to people that Native gardens don't have to look so traditional native gardening, yeah, and also bring the whole passive house side of things into it and, you know, it was a really nice story.
0: Yeah, I've, it, I've only just started hearing a lot about passive houses, but it's fascinating the amount of work that goes into it, but also how much of an impact they have on not only, you know, your bills and everything but your health.
1: Oh, totally, massive, yep. Just on, I was talking to um, some people who have renovated a, um, an old house and bought it up to standard. They've done a beautiful job. But she was saying to me that since they've been living in the house, she hasn't been sick, like just because of the quality of the air that that yeah. they're breathing. Um, she just hasn't been sick at all, which is Huge to think about in terms of the ceiling and what what you're taking in into your lungs. So, yeah, and, and landscapes that complement that too is is a really important thing in terms of placement of trees and so we've learnt a lot with working with those guys.
0: Yep. And did you find a big uptick in inquiries after the garden show?
1: Yeah, huge. Yeah, yeah. it's been really good for us. Yeah, awesome. It's been amazing. Yeah. Lots of fun. And and it sort of allowed us to put our prices up a little bit and be a little bit more, um, I suppose we've recognised a bit more, all of that sort of thing. Yeah, that's a perfect time to do it because there's no point getting all this work coming in that you're completely overwhelmed with it
0: and then you put more yeah. stuff in and you can't say yes to everything. So you might yeah. as well start putting the prize. That's a perfect time to be doing it.
1: Yeah. And I think that's been a big hurdle for me growing personally in the business is being able to turn around and say no to work. I've always accepted and I've been, you know, like I I want to get everything through and I want to get the get the jobs in and but being on brand is probably really important that that fits with what we want to do and you know what my staff want to do as well that fit that makes people happy. Um, and getting paid for it properly rather Mm -hmm. than taking everything that comes through the door. Um, So that's been a big thing to help us grow in that direction.
0: Yeah. I heard uh, recently a landscape construction company talking about how you make your first million dollars in business by saying yes to everything and you make your next (laughs) million dollars by saying no to everything. That's so true. (laughs) Yes. And it's uh, it's hard to start doing, but it's yeah. The, it's crazy how much money you can actually make by saying no to something. Because if you're saying oh, no, know. something that's not ideal, and you're saying no to something that's ideal,
1: yeah, it's really uncomfortable. I found yeah. it really uncomfortable. Um, actually, Hamish from Sanctum has been a really good mentor. When the with that, he sort of put me under the pump and really made sure that I was being accountable with that side of things so yeah I think having that leverage from the garden show and being able to demonstrate what we can do has been a big tick to help that happen
0: yeah yeah I remember I was at, it was at the garden show actually I was standing next to Ross Ubergang and someone called him up uh, and they were looking for a design from him and I and I remember him sort of he was interviewing the person who called him up and he ended up saying no it's not it's not yeah something we're interested in doing, and I couldn't believe it. Like I just thought you just take on everything comes along, but <laughs> yeah. no, they not that were suitable for my my style. So
1: yeah, yeah. Well, you've got to do what you enjoy, and you'll do better at it if yes. it's something that fits, and you'll have clients that are happy if it all fits within what you're you're good at. I mean, every residential project throws a whole bunch of interesting challenges at you, and they're not the same. And I think that's why I enjoy them so much. But if they're more so on brand, you're going to enjoy it, and it's going to be something that the clients will get a lot of value out of because it's not something that you you know you well not not interested in, but it's not your style, it's not your jam.
0: Yep. And yeah. uh, going back to your staff, how, how have you gone about finding them? Have you had to sort of choose anything that comes along, and you've been lucky, or have you been have you like had to sort of consider who you've got for who you put on?
1: Yeah, there's been a lot of interviews, a lot, a lot of interviews. I think I worked a lot with a a business mentor early on. In even when I was managing at Indige Design, she helped me sort of learn to trust my gut with or my intuition of of sitting and connecting with people. And I think when I've interviewed, I've interviewed more on. Sort of their values and their moral set, and you know, how we get on, and rather than essentially a skill. Yeah. It, it's been something that I feel I've been good at because I've hit the jackpot with the guys. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I think, I don't know, maybe I've just been lucky as well. There's, <laughs> it's been really good.
0: Yeah. It's like lucky is one part of it because you have to have those people apply in the first place. But, You've also had people that you haven't picked to join your team, so. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah.
0: There were certain reasons that you would have made that decision as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and you just, I don't know, you get a really good vibe of someone. It's always been a few interviews too. I sort of spend the first interview really trying to get to know them personally and what they enjoy doing and why they want to work with us, and then yeah, you sort of get down into the bit more of the nitty gritty in the second interview. But most of them, like yeah, Victoria, I think sat at my dining room table for over two hours. I couldn't get rid of her <laughs> the first time, <laughs> um, and same with Sarah and Lucy. Lucy was the same. It's yeah, it's you sort of get that vibe.
0: Yeah. yeah, that's who yeah. you want to work with. Someone you get along well yeah. with.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, we all work out of my house and we've got a little office here and my daughter's here and they all, you know, do her hair and (laughs) and play and they're all part of the family. So it's when I've sort of interviewed, I've been quite upfront and said, this is casual for a reason. We all, I want you guys to feel comfortable. It's make yourself at home. This is what's going to happen. You know, I'm a single mum and it's hectic and I I want you guys to feel comfortable and a part of that. If you don't, then this isn't the place for you sort of thing. But it also works for those guys because, you know, life is a huge part of your, or work is a huge part of your life. And I feel that you've got to be able to bring home to work and work to home. Because, you, yeah, you've got to be able to function and especially in a creative space where we're all, you know, talking and mucking around and having a bit of fun, you've got to be in a good headspace to design. So yeah. I kind of demonstrate that with my my life and they see all of that quite openly. So I think it's appreciated. They all say they're very happy. That's good.
0: <laughs> yeah because yeah. a lot of people will try it'll say you know you need to separate work from life and just sort of when you walk in the door switch off but it's it's nice to say that but it's not sometimes it's not possible
1: it um, doesn't work
0: yeah. it doesn't so yeah. as long as it doesn't get the way of living your life then they can yeah. both exist together yep
1: yeah. yeah absolutely yeah I think that's what we're we're doing right at the moment
0: yeah so just having a home office is that is that sort of limit the size your business is going to be or you don't want it to get much bigger than what it is anyway
1: Yeah, it's, I think we'll probably end up moving. I don't, I think I don't want to get too much bigger over the next couple of years. I think um, having probably four designers or five designers and then having the opportunity to pull in some people outside of that, like we do with Karen and having Baylor on board and some part timers. I think that really concentrates the quality of the work. We will need to move but we've got a garden show to do with a few other bits and pieces. Let's just concentrate on those expenses and yes. see where we are next year, this time. Yeah.
0: And was was it a um, a concerted effort to go back two years in a row for the garden show or at least two years? No,
1: I wasn't going to at the end of it. I mean, it wasn't just up to me. I know because we're going back with Sanctum and Atlas again. Yeah. Um, they were both hot to trot to go back. Yeah. Um, so I I remember Marty Sampkin came up to me during the show and said to me, you've got to do three. You can't do two, you can't do one, you've got to do three in a row because um, otherwise you're going to be a one-hit wonder. And that kind of stuck with me and I think someone else said it was Yeah, like reference to some hard hard drugs. It's quite addictive. (laughs) And that, you know, it's good fun to go back. Um, But this year's or next year's design actually feels to me a lot better than this year's design. I feel really comfortable with it. Um, So, and and, yeah, and it, it was funny because. Lucy and Angus and Hamish, we all independently sort of got this idea in our mind, and it was all the same, somewhat. And it all had a, a a linkage. So yeah, I'm excited for for 2024. I, I like might regret
0: it as well by the looks of it. So you, I you know down next to, near the fountain on the yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. As soon as you walk down the old main.
1: Yeah, main just up from where you were. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a big spot. It's yeah, good. And sunny as well. I know it'll be beautiful. Yeah. Are you going back?
0: Uh, I will be there, but not not, not uh, hemorrhaging money like yeah. like this year. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I'm looking to help out somewhere else this year because I lo- I love being a part of it.
1: Yeah, it's good fun.
0: But, yeah. yeah, and it's yeah, it's interesting how going there a lot will get people will recognise you from being there. But I also had people this year asking if it was our first garden that we built there. Oh, really? And it's our eighth that we built there. No! So, <laughs> so see, some people still don't recognise you, no matter how often you keep going back there.
1: How but, did you answer that question?
0: <laughs> uh, I'm not very um, uh, tactful, so I say exactly yeah. like that. So no, it's our eighth. So. <laughs> it make them feel awkward.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, Marty was pretty adamant that we needed to go back. so. Yeah yeah, yeah and it
0: like makes it. sense because there's like there's people I I can think of over the years who have been there and you only see them there once so you don't really know enough about them. You know, you just know the business name but that's about it. Whereas yeah if you've got that sort of and uh, that style that you've got which is a bit more um, niche than than average then people are going to love that as well and and yeah. so it's such a, I love the idea as well because I've been talking about it recently about how you can use natives you don't they don't have to look like a native garden. Yeah. So that's exactly what yours was this year?
1: Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah, yeah. And we're sort of pulling the same stream through this this next one. So just a bit different. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There's no point if you're gonna go back two years in a row doing one like that and then doing a tropical garden. Yeah. You wanna keep on your brand.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was quite funny during the show. We got an email through from someone who'd been through, and he got a picture of our brochure and the design, and he drew a rectangle around it, and he said, I want that exactly, pick it up and take it and put it at my house. When can you start? <laughs> it was,
0: yeah, it's funny. So
1: he ended up buying all the plants within that section of us, yeah, right. which was really cool.
0: Yeah. Like Renee from NVIDIA landscape, she did a few jobs over the last 12 months from her previous design in the boutique gardens. It was such yeah. a popular garden, so then yep. yeah, you're following on Instagram and you see the same things repeating because people wanted that's that. That's awesome. That yeah, so, yeah, that's the, that's the dream scenario.
1: Absolutely, from a business perspective. Yeah, yeah. but it was a bit like, what? <laughs> You've just drawn a box around our design. It was, <laughs> it was, yeah, funny moment. Yeah,
0: it's easy to say that none because there's not many places that suit the exact style, size of no the garden show build, but but that's where you come in to design it.
1: Yeah. And it didn't turn out the same way. Yeah. <laughs> Not at all. But the plants got a home, so it was good.
0: Oh, perfect. So that, yeah. you got to use the same
1: ones. Yeah. yeah yep. Nice. Yeah, yep. it was good. We had to get rid of them.
0: Yeah. So have you got uh, a few like landscape companies that you refer work to and work with so that you sort of Yeah.
1: Know yeah, we've got quite a few. I um, I sort of wanted to broaden that because people quite often ask, you know, can we have two or three quotes? Yeah. We sort of give give the clients a couple of options. There's a few like with a pool and spa and then a landscape build, I'll direct them towards um Simon from Land Art Striking because it's a good combo. But then there's smaller jobs where, you know, you sort of have a, a landscaper that just does the smaller jobs. And then, you know, some clients will say, You tell us who you think's worth who fits our style or fits the project. Or yeah, we can send it out to, to a bunch. But I think it's been really valuable to have a few. But then it's also really good to not have too many because you develop that really good relationship and they know your design style and we know how they build. So we don't really need to get involved during the build too much. Like clients will say, oh, how much for your project management fee? And I sort of say, well, you've paid for the design and we've got a good relationship with the landscaper so we sort of don't need to go down that path because it's it sort of worked through in the quoting process anyway yeah it's good they're a good team yep
0: so do you do you ever help out with the project along the way or answer any questions as they come or is that yeah that's yep, already sure. good you do, do you do it for all of them
1: So what we do is our design process is sort of broken up into three stages. We do like a hard concept that looks at materials and the layout of all your hard landscaping. It shows where your garden beds and your feature trees are. We'll get all of that signed off and then we'll progress it to the next stage, which is um, making any changes to that landscape plan, doing a planting plan and a scope of work, stocko, so that document what we've tried to do is make a document that landscapers can quote against that's standardised in a way so that, you know, you've, you've got all the list of the tasks and when the landscaper quotes, you've got a price against each of those. We will usually bring the landscaper in at that stage before the final review of the plans to get the price to make sure it meets budget and see if we need to do any tweaks. So that phase there is kind of where we answer all the questions and work out all those niggly bits but then we do plant sourcing and plant layout for a lot of our projects so we're kind of involved anyway we'll end up going out on site through the back end of construction and then yeah get on site with the landscapers and lay the plants out and be there for the end bit yeah doesn't always work that way but that's the dream way
0: yeah yeah um and you mentioned a a business mentor before do you still uh, speak to that mentor or coach?
1: No. So her name was Rachel Campbell. She was sort of a life coach and, and business mentor. We still sort of stay in touch. I've had a, a couple of others, um, another guy who lived down the road from my parents, He, um, John Pearson, he men- mentored me for a long time through transitioning from indie Design to starting my own business, but he's moved to Perth now, so I don't really get to see him as much. Yeah, apart from that, my brother probably has been a bit of a mentor too through Perfect. through that. Yeah, but I just started my MBA, so I'm trying to sort of pull in from a bit of feed, feedback and some independence in business growth because uh-huh. you get trained as a landscape designer and trained as an ecologist, but nobody teaches you to run a business. So,
0: so how long does that course go for? It's,
1: it's sort of two or three years depending on how quick you want to do it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Sure. yeah and it's, is that just this year you started that?
1: Yeah, yeah, I started that just before the garden show. I ended up getting sick and sort of had to delay a couple of subjects, so I'm back on board next week, which will be really good, one subject before the end of the year. And are you learning things already from it? So much, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah yeah yep yeah, yep. Yeah. And this um, this next subject sort of talking about um, marketing and um, advertising and that sort of thing, and then there's accounting, and so it's it's been really valuable. I think it's something that is nice to have as a, a background. The beauty with the course that I chose was through the University of Technology in Sydney, they all the coursework is done around your business. Um, so you're not doing hypothetical assignments right. or hypothetical subjects that it's all on platylobium, which is, you know, it's so valuable.
0: Yeah, that's, that's yeah. an awesome way to do it. Because otherwise you yeah. could be working on things that aren't even relevant to your business, let alone yeah. hypothetical. Yeah. Just with yeah. to do with it. So that's, yeah, that's yeah. a great way to do the it. Ho-
1: that's exactly why I chose it. So it's made us straighten up a whole lot of processes and get you sort of critically thinking about growth and development and why you're doing things and why you shouldn't be doing things. And that that's the aim. It's probably put myself a little bit more under pressure than I need, but it's you know, you only live once and
0: yeah. You're better off doing that. Uh because it's it's if your business goes under, you feel a bit of pressure as well. So you're better off having why yeah, exactly. can change it. Yeah, yep,
1: yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah. And it's been great for the product
0: that we're delivering to yeah now where'd the name platinum come from for for the business
1: it's a indige plant that's f- southeast of melbourne it's one of my favorite because it's got a beautiful heart-shaped leaf it's a gorgeous a gorgeous plant i've had lots of grief about that lots of people that can't pronounce it and lots oh. of people that say why why would you do that that makes no sense And I'm like, well, it's a good conversation starter, isn't it? And we we try and stick one in all of our landscapes. So, do you
0: use it much? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It's good. We had some on the stand at the garden show, and the pots on the table, so we could show people what it actually looks like. Are they easy to propagate? Um, no. Well, it's not readily available at all. Yeah, it's hard to get a hold of. Um, I've got a few here that I'm nurturing. We got those from Karanga, so. Yeah, whenever I can get a hold of them, it's it's good. But uh, uh, you know, a lot of the native ner- or indigenous nurseries will have have a couple tucked away.
0: Yep. yeah, I'm gonna have to look it up because I didn't didn't think to do that before. Hang, I knew it was a plant, <laughs> but I didn't <laughs> think to look up what it looked like. So I'll do that now. But good, um, good. So where do you see the business in five years time compared to what? Yeah, um, like have it.
1: You, do you have any goals that you like? Do you set goals to work towards or anything like that? Mm, yeah, yep, yeah, yeah, definitely. I think you know, obviously, consolidating our our growth and having more of those projects that are in line with our our style, and saying no to things that don't suit, and and building. So we've got larger projects, traveling a bit more interstate. We've picked up a few in Sydney or New South Wales at the moment, which is really good. So having the ability to sort of travel to some of you know some some nice destinations across Oz we're also sort of heavily developing our pot styling side of things so wanting to demonstrate how you can use native and indigenous plants in pots or balcony gardens and so that's another side of the business that has been a bit of a slow burn but picking up a little bit more now we've got some beautiful projects that are are coming up that are sort of four-storey townhouses in Richmond and Clifton Hill, which is, uh, yeah, they're beautiful. They'll be great. I, I don't know. I think maybe another garden show might be up the sleeve. <laughs> we'll go for that number yeah. three maybe. Yeah. I've always wanted to have a, a shop front with pots and um, a coffee a coffee place with the design team sort of sitting in the back so we can have people come in. That's probably the next step of where we'll go.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah. Uh, and what sort of things do you do outside of work to keep yourself interested? Like so you said you're a single mum, so I assume that'd be a
1: fair, bit of your time. yeah, it's busy. Yeah. I yeah. uh, not much else apart from that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Apart from running the business and doing the MBA and being a single mum, it's pretty busy. Yeah. But it's good. I, I think um uh trying to slow down a little bit too has been a big part of my concentration I got diagnosed with Crohn's disease and then ended up having a melanoma mo- removed and that's all happened in the last six months so it's been a bit of a um a bit of a wake up just to sort of slow down and have some of these wonderful people that work for me take on a bit more.
0: So how did that go with with work like that you're able to keep going
1: yeah, I probably shouldn't have, but yeah, I did, and that was all through the guts of the garden show. So right. <laughs> it's amazing what you can do when you push push through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. When it's a passion. Yep, yeah. and, and you your and you're able
0: to sort of
1: manage manage that now by just sort of taking it easier. Is that is that helpful? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So. I think managing life stresses is a huge one with with Crohn's so that's been a big one for me to reflect on. And then I suppose having a bit of that scary thing come with a melanoma. Yeah, I think managing managing your outside life to meet your work life is something that you know we've just talked about but that's yeah something I suppose personally I'm pretty passionate about. Yeah, for my own reason.
0: Yeah. And it's what you did a post about telling people to check their skin. And do skin, oh, which is a is a great totally to pass
1: on. Yeah, well, I've spent a lot of time working outside, um, part of the the grounds crew at Indige and and exercising, and I've got really fair skin, and I know I got burnt a lot more than I should have. And to be told that I got given a get out of jail free card because it nearly got through that um, that barrier layer in your skin is is pretty full on, and it's so easily dealt with by just. You know, booking in a skin check and going, yeah. getting it sorted. And I know, you know, our industry is all outside. Yep. yep. So yeah. So I was, yeah. I was debating about putting that on the social media, but I felt that it was a really good platform to people in the industry to to go and do that. From my yeah. personal experience,
0: absolutely. Yeah. So, how did you find? How did you find it initially? Like, did you go for a skin check and found it, or was it?
1: Uh, I had a chat to the GP. uh just at the end of last year, and said I sort of because it's just here. I said, you know, this is looking a little bit funny, and she said, I'll oh, just keep an eye on it. It looks okay. And then I actually had another couple of spots on my back, and that's what I went in for. And she sort of looked at the one on my arm and said, Oh, that looks a bit chaotic. I think we better. Yeah, do a biopsy of that one and, yeah, it didn't look right. It, you could sort of see that yep. it had grown and it didn't look right. I think, yeah, I think it's it can be pretty obvious but it's also, you know, it takes not long. It's a couple of hundred dollars. Yeah. Just get it done.
0: Yeah, like that's it. You spend a couple of hundred dollars and it was literally saved your life.
1: But- yeah. Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. And you rock up on site and landscape, you know. And I've been guilty of this too. They've got their tops off or their, um, you know, no hat and and out in the sun all the time. It, it's so quick that it can happen.
0: Mm. Yeah. No, I think it's a great message that you're sharing. It so other, other people can be aware of it yeah. as well, especially within our industry, obviously as well.
1: Oh, totally. Yep. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And last question for you, Nadia, is who do you think would be a good guest to have on the podcast?
1: Oh gosh, why don't you? Uh, you're only going to do landscapers, aren't
0: you? No, not necessarily. No. I'll do why that. don't
1: you get Hamish on?
0: Yeah, yeah, he's from Sanctum. A, I did. Yeah, that'd be a good one.
1: So, Absolutely. Yeah, and yeah. it
0: mixes it up a bit.
1: Yeah, I think it'd be good. I mean, we jumped on stage during the garden show and had a chat about that process of working, the builders and landscapers working together, or the designers yeah. working together. Uh, he's got a great business head on him. I think from from that perspective, I think a lot of people would find it a lot of value in listening to him chit chat. Yeah. But also coming it from the builder's perspective and dealing with with landscapers and landscape design, I think that would be a good angle, something a little bit different.
0: Yeah, I think it's an awesome idea because I listen to, because there's not enough landscaping podcasts for me to listen to, so I listen to other yeah. ones as well. Yeah. And one, there's a couple that are building podcasts. And Yeah. Like what landscapers do is similar to builders in some regards where they'll be project managing the site, so they'll organise all different subcontractors for what they do. Exactly. What a builder does. So there's yeah. a lot that you can learn from, from a builder. So I think that's a great
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're just, I mean, we're just doing one at the moment, well, with Simon from Striking and Land Art and there's a new house build going on and there's a pool going in at the same time and it's all about getting the builder and the engineer for the pool from our design working together so that we can get the walls and the, the pool engineered really nicely but also making sure that we can get access to the back before the house gets built and working in with the builders that way, I think yeah, it a lot of property owners don't think about that naturally because it's you know that's our that's our yeah. job, but I think it's good to hear it from the other perspective,
0: yep, yeah. yeah, you yeah. don't know what you don't know, so. There's, yep. Like, but but it is quite annoying when you go to do a design and they say we'd like a pool in the backyard and they don't have any access on either side of the property no just, yeah.
1: yeah 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 so. yeah or like the house is getting built and let's design this landscape really smartly and get it or get the landscaper and the builder working together so we can gain efficiencies with doing landscaping in the backyard before the house is built <laughs> And and get everybody working together because it saves. I mean, with this project, I think we saved nearly thirty thousand dollars in excavation costs because we were bundling all of that in before before the house is being built.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's also awesome having a builder who will actually who cares about doing that as well. Yeah. Not, yep. not just saying ah oh, it's too hard, don't have to worry about it. Just yep. to say no. The client can yep. talk about themselves. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah. No, I reckon that's Might a good be one. Good, a good angle. All right. Thank you very much for coming on, Nadia, and sharing your story. Thank you. looking forward to seeing what you come up with at the Garden Show next year.
1: Yeah, thank you very much for having us. It was good.